Hey, my podcast family. Welcome back to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. We're still on self-control, and we are hitting heavy the book of uh, Corinthians. Last episode, we were in 1 Corinthians. The episode before that, we were in 2 Corinthians. Today, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 6 through 9. The New American Standard Bible reads, Because of the extraordinary greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might, be, that it might leave me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weakness than the power of Christ, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. The New Living Translation. If I wanted to boast, I would be a fool in doing so, because I would be telling the truth. But I wouldn't do it, because I do I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they can see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. I know you may think that these set of scriptures are an odd set to associate with self-control, but I'm going to ask you to just humor me for a moment. While we do not have a definitive knowledge of exactly what Paul's ailment was, we do know that it was something that he thought hindered him, right? And asked God to remove it. Three times he said. I have heard speculation that he had a speech problem. That's what I heard when I was a little girl, that he had he stuttered. Some said some say he was crippled. I don't know. All of them are speculation. And the reason we don't know is because it really isn't that important. Because if it were important, God would have had them write it down. The importance lies in the response that God gives Paul to his plea. First, I want you to not look at the scripture literally like we normally do. Verse 7 states that the thorn was in his flesh and literally would mean an actual thorn in the flesh somewhere. However, we're going to look at it in terms of the flesh being how, we, how we've seen it used in the past in scripture. Paul has often referred to our flesh, not in, as an actual flesh and blood, but the carnal mindset that we have, that is, that acts out in our flesh in deeds. For instance, when Paul is speaking to the church in Galatia, he tells them to have crucified, you know, their flesh upon accepting Jesus. Now, did they actually go out and crucify themselves? No. But did they have this new way of thinking that was outside the normal way of all of the pagan worship that was around them. Yes. So I think Paul is saying that he has a thorn in his flesh, but it, it can mean anything. 
it, it really means it was something that Paul was wrestling with that once again that he considered was a hindrance. We all wrestle with something, drinking, smoking, abusive behavior, pornography, negative thoughts, bad language, stealing. I can go on and on and on and on. All of those can be thorns in our side. Next, I want you to notice who sent the, th- the thorn. It was the devil, the enemy. He sent it to get, once again, get us off track, off of the road that we're going down. His goal is that we wrestle so much with this that we forget our purpose. And, and he can wrestle with us in, in our minds telling us that we aren't good enough because of, you know, the drinking or the smoking or the, the abusive behavior. You're not good enough. God doesn't love you, which we know are absolutely false because he is the father of lies. He'll go on to tell you that there is no hope, that you should just give up, which is exactly what he wants you to do. The, the thorn is designed to keep you from moving forward. And if you believe the lies, you won't move forward, and then the enemy has succeeded. Paul is quick to point out that although the, the devil devised the thorn, that God is using it for Paul's good. So I want to go back to one of my favorite scriptures, Romans 8:28. For God works out all things, for God works all things out for good according to those who love him who are called according to his purpose, right? So God is using that very that very thorn, that stumbling block. He's using that to humble Paul. Paul admits that he could have gotten conceited because he recognized that God was giving him revelation. <laughs> that's why he said, "Oh, I could brag." But he knew that's not what he was supposed to do, and God knew that he didn't want him to do it. He knew that Paul had that that capability of becoming conceited and prideful. And so he allowed the devil to come in and give him whatever this thorn was that Paul wrestled with to keep Paul before him. That is the reason. In our carnal state, we like to take credit. And we know that God does not share his glory with anyone. As you and I get closer to God, he reveals himself to us just as he was doing with Paul. And he uses us, but yet we still have a tendency to drink our own Kool-Aid and think, hey, I got it going on. I got this. And that thinking will get us misaligned with God and out of his will. Now, I'm not trying to say that anyone who steals that um, God is going to use that to humble them. You know, stealing is wrong. But it could be that as you begin to exercise self-control, you never really get rid of that stumbling block. You know, it's, it's always something that's there, as Paul said, and it's always something that you have to wrestle with. Almost like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous. They're always saying that I'm a recovering alcoholic because the reality is there's a possibility that for them to relapse. It's always there. I think it's that knowledge of the possibility of relapsing that God is speaking to when he says that his grace is sufficient. If we continue to put our trust in him, we won't have the relapse. You know, we will be able to master self-control and that thorn in our side doesn't hinder us as much. It starts hindering us less and less, but it's still there. But we've learned how to live with it, so to speak, to keep it at bay. God doesn't take it away because it is a reminder of our dependence on him. 
And it can keep us humble before him as well and keep us in communion with him. Does that make sense? I hope it does. In our effort to walk in self-control, there will be some thorns that we can completely get rid of. And then there will be those that, you know, we can subdue, but we have to stay vigilant and continue to walk in self-control in order to maintain our right standing with God. Please do not believe the lies that the enemy tells you as you struggle with learning how to control that thorn that you have in your side. God loves you. God is here for you and he will provide for you to help you run the race and to maintain your stamina. Just as long as you continue to make every effort to walk in self-control, that's what you and I are called to do, to trust God and to keep moving forward. Let's pray. Dear Holy God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And thank you for knowing what's best for us. Even though sometimes when we don't necessarily agree, you didn't ask us to agree with you. You asked us to trust you. And so the things that we're wrestling with, give us the grace and the discernment to know the things that we can truly master and to get over and the things that we will subdue but will always be lingering to keep us in front of you. We love you and we want you to be able to use every aspect of our lives to bring honor and glory to your name. And so help us to walk in trust and commitment to you this day. Bless those who are listening. You know what they're going through. Give them that encouraging word that they need, that nice hug, perhaps, maybe a, a more positive um, a more positive outlook for a prognosis for their loved one financial help, maybe a reconciliation of a relationship, whatever it is that it, that is out there, Lord. We just bring it before you, your daughters and your sons, saying that we love you and we need you and that we trust you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Have a great day today. Go minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. See ya. Thank you.